Welcome back to episode 31 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Aero Manga Sensei. Released in 2017 by Studio A1 Pictures, it has 12 episodes and comes in sub only. As for how I discovered this series, I saw a clip of it in a YouTube video recommending different anime series to check out. What piqued my interest is how meta this show is. An artist created a manga that was turned into an anime that focuses on an artist who creates a manga with the hope of it becoming an anime. I have to give credit to Masamune, he wears a lot of different hats for a person his age. He's chasing his dream and working hard on his passion for writing while still attending high school. Add on being the sole caretaker for a shut-in who refuses to talk to him despite cooking all her meals and doing her laundry, that's a lot for anyone to handle. I enjoyed the evolution of Masamune's writing, discovering creativity can't be forced with constant work effort, you need genuine inspiration and motivation. If you've heard it once, you've heard it a million times, I can't stand unrealistic circumstances stacked on top of one another to progress a story. The first livestream Masamune checks out, Sagari left his note facing the camera. Then she accidentally forgets to turn off the camera of this particular demonstration, causing Masamune not only to force start communication with his sister, but call her out for being Aromanga Sensei. Adding more unrealistic connections, Sagari is the online fan who complimented Masamune's early works inspiring him to take on writing as a real art form. Masamune is a weirdo, he can apologize for it all he wants, he makes a little girl draw lewd pictures of other little girls. He's a creep. The first two words out of this man's mouth, I said Belkrenel. Yoshisugu Masuoka has voiced some of my favorite characters. It hurt my heart a little that he was connected to this clown. Hopefully he got a huge check off of it. When Masamune discovers his publication has been pushed back due to a more popular artist taking the spot, he screams out. All I heard was Beltigis from ReZero during this. Sagari is a cutie and I loved her constant denial of being a lewd illustrator by saying I don't know anyone by that name. Masamune being shocked by how clean Sagari kept her room was stupid. She has trapped herself in there for a year, what else would you do but clean? You can't draw and read every second of the day. Sagari is a little shit. If she stomped her feet at me, I'd be like, you know I can just let you starve, right? Even without knowing they're the same person, the way she shits on Masamune for his creative choices and reposting negative comments on her blog is cold. This is the guy who let your drawings be seen by the masses. Not to say that her art isn't a huge part of why Masamune's books have reached the heights they have. As we see, he bends to Sagari's will, rushing over to the cursed house when she says she won't be able to draw anymore until the ghost is no longer playing the piano. I almost didn't want to look this up for the review, but I'm glad I did. Sagari is 13 years old. I thought she was 8. She is drawn and acts like a child, and I was really grossed out by the way the show portrayed her. Especially taking photos of herself as reference for lewd drawings. Being older than I thought still didn't help with her infatuation with big breasts and panties. It's disturbing. The length she goes to satiate that sexual curiosity is just bad. Sagari gets Yamada to show her her panties, and what she does while sketching Megumi is gnarly. Her mother is the one who taught her to draw at a professional level, and she actually enjoys creating lewd content. Sagari's highlight, or should I say the highlight of this series in general, was her dance moves in the opening. They were fire. 
Sometimes I felt Mazumine liked Sagari as a cute younger sibling. Not being blood related, she is still the only family he has in his life so he clings to that. I hoped he just wanted unconditional family love and support. Then other times his love seemed more sexual like when he comments on washing his sister's underwear and how much hotter she is than Megumi. Then he wrote a whole series about her and said he loved her but needed to be a brother. It was just confusing and uncomfortable. Megumi made this show more weird talking about genitalia upon first meeting Mazumine, but she also brings up questions I the viewer had about the sibling relationship. It wasn't just on Mazumine's side, Sagari was jealous of other girls being around him, she confessed her love to him cryptically. Maybe this was made worse by me having the same issue with Ui in the bridge to the starry skies which I watched right before this. I couldn't tell if it was platonic feelings or romantic. Before that we had Shizuku from Chivalry of a Failed Knight, I just don't understand why so many authors in anime want to explore this topic. It's weird and kind of tiring to me, but you have to take the good with the bad. I love anime, whether I like it or not, these themes appear to be part of the culture. Then we have Yamada. I wonder if she was named Elf because she has the ears of one. Yamada has confidence that crosses into cockiness. She never wavers in her belief of being the number one most beautiful author ever. Yamada is direct, she doesn't attempt to hide the fact her goal is to poach Eramanga Sensei from Mazumine. And numbers don't lie, she's moving units. When she brought up how well her works are selling, it reminded me of RDC World 1's video game house skit, when Mario starts bringing up sales numbers to shit on all the other game characters. How fortunate for Yamada, she's lucky enough to move into the house right next to the artist she so desperately wants to work with. More of those coincidences. Every artist has their process and Yamada is most creative playing the piano stark naked. After seeing her, Mazumine hits her with the Iki from Chivalry of a Failed Knight, taking off his pants so they're even. Yamada shooting the suction cup arrow and Sagari slowly closing the door muttering hentai were some of the best visuals in this series. I don't understand why Mazumine would create a competition with the potential of losing Sagari as his artist. She already works with him and has no intention of leaving, so why initiate a scenario that you gain nothing from? If you win, you keep what you already had. And one of the best moments this series is Yamada's story bringing the color back to Mazumine's life. After being depressed, it was really nice. And I'm going to refer to this next character by their last name, Senju, who is also a light novel author. The series just continues with the unrealistic stories. I've been waiting this entire review to say this, in what world are two extremely successful authors, one very sought out after artist, and up and coming author, all children? Is it a law you must be under 16 to work in the writing industry? I mean seriously. Senju is so skilled she can write amazing stories with little to no time. The only reason she became a professional author was so her family would leave her alone and let her write. The fact she doesn't know the titles of her own works is hilarious. She's living the dream of so many aspiring novelists and she could care less about the accolades. Senju kills it in sales. It's hilarious watching Yamada's ego deflate when she finds out just how much better Senju does at sales than her. Senju comes in with a real hate for Mazumine, wanting to ruin his dreams. Her motivation is revenge for him no longer writing his battle-based stories. She decides to crush any new works he tries to put out. She's the definition of a crazed fan. It was pretty well established Senju is a weirdo, but Yamada exposing her crazy talking to an imaginary Mazumine was just nuts. That combined with her super long fan letters made her look more unstable. With Mazumune rejecting Senju's love, I was like would they just come out and say he's in love with his sister? Like this is exhausting. 
I really could not tell for the majority of the season if he loved her or just liked her as a sibling. And their conclusion convincing Senju to continue writing was nice. The last character is Shido. At first I wasn't even going to mention him for this review. Another kid writer who was introduced in the later portion of the season. Then he was knocking back beers on the island. With the magic of Google, I found out you need to be 20 to drink, so I was like, why is this grown man hanging with preteens? I felt he brought nothing to the story. Then he dropped the line about being straight, not wanting to share a room with Mazumine. That was too good not to comment on. And Shido's misunderstanding on Chris's bath proposal to Mazumine was funny as well. Now it's time for some nitpicks. Next to Mazumine's desk is a trash can nearly filled with balled up paper. Being a writer, I'm sure it could be argued it's drafts that didn't work out. But with his use of computers and this show's nastiness in general, I'm pretty sure it wasn't scrap paper in that bin. How many times does Mazumine need to be bashed in the face by Sagari's bedroom door before he learns to not stand directly in front of it? When Mazumine takes one of Yamada's arrows to the butt cheeks, he acts like it was so impactful. Later we see him take one straight to the head and it doesn't even phase him in the least. The next is in one of the episodes, there was multiple shots of this fat guy just running up and down the streets. I didn't understand what that had to do with this show at all. The publisher explains to Mazumine she stretched the rules to get him into an on-the-rise author competition that was supposed to be for amateurs. Then directly after this, Senju puts her name down, but her sales are in the tens of millions and she already has two seasons of an anime out. How can she register for this competition? Now we have best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Yamada, she is fun and I liked her playful relationship with Mazumine. One of her biggest advantages is, she's not his sister. There will be no waifu or harem conversation, these characters are all children. I appreciated the time given to Yamada on the island, especially when she's trolled by her brother, threatening to expose her real name and being grateful to her friends for tolerating her. With everything Mazumine said about Yamada while in the bath and their meeting at the Firefly Pond, I really do wish they would have become an item. Now we have final thoughts. Rewatching series I didn't like for review purposes, I haven't been hating them as much the second time around. I started to question if these shows were as bad as I had made them out to be. Then I realized I was going into these shows with low expectations knowing the things I disliked in advance. The shock factor was gone. Aeromanga Sensei had a fresh premise, but with all the lewd antics on Sagari, it just made it unappealing to me. The series had no real ending, it was just another episode. I would recommend you skip this series, it's not worth the time. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review, hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.